My name is Monica Glearman, and you're listening to Silence on Set Podcast. On today's podcast, we're talking to a cast member from May-December. The film takes place 20 years after a notorious tabloid romance with a married couple who buckles under the pressure when a Hollywood actress meets them to do research for a film about their past. So to talk about the film and his character, here is Corey Michael Smith, who plays Georgie in May-December. Okay, so I'm so excited to have you on because I've spoken to you in the past and you know this, but I'll, I'm going to say it again anyway because you get interviewed all the time. I love you. So I'm so <laughs> excited to have you on. Thank you so much, Monica. I appreciate that. So I want to start off. Um, after our last interview, I did some research, some digging, and I found out that you you pick really good projects, which we've talked about before, but I didn't know this, that you were in the play the whale. Oh, I w- I did the world premiere in Denver in twenty, uh, gosh, twenty eleven, and then I did the New York premiere at the end of twenty twelve. So, do you just have like that Oscar good luck, <laughs> like the odds that that would end up being a movie and winning an Oscar, and now you're in May December, which has all this buzz. I feel um, I've been I've been very lucky to be a part of some incredibly special projects. Samuel Hunter, who wrote The Whale, adapted it for screen. And. um, And I I mean, there's there is something like about his writing that feels super human and can translate. And, you know, it's a lot of his plays are beloved to actors. So it makes a lot of sense that great actors would love to do it on screen. Well, I'm still going to give you credit for it. <laughs> okay. Yes, it is, it is all me. Yes, exactly. It's all you. It's all you picking these amazing choices. Um, so let's talk about May, December. I know people are probably asking you a lot of the similar questions that you've worked with Todd, you know, in the past and all of oh. these things. I'm bringing in some new, fresh questions. Hey, for you. So, that. Georgie, I love him. I love him because... I just, I just love everything about him from the second we meet him singing to the last time we see him. So I wanted to talk to you specifically about your character arc in creating him because he's very distinctive. He's very disruptive, but he's not necessarily aggressive per se. So how did you balance that line? Because you did it so beautifully. Thank you so much. I mean... I feel like, depending on your sensibility, you might think he's aggressive. I think you're a very, <laughs> you love, you have a soft spot for troubled souls, it seems. Uh, um, I, I, uh, I, I liked the idea that this is someone, you know, he had a very overbearing mother until he was 13. So I, you can, you can sort of look how the other, her other kids in her later marriage are raised and behaved how they behave around her um versus like the daughter who's gone off to college and is now coming back and being a little bit of a troublemaker so once everyone is out of the control of this mother you know they sort of get a little reckless so i like to think that this person georgie could have been a a really like solid compassionate uh human being who is 
you know, coloring in the lines in life. And this person who was regulating him is suddenly gone out of nowhere. And so he is a bit spastic and, uh, you know, reaching for people to pay attention to him and goes a bit haywire. But I think that this is someone that he's genuinely a good person who just had this horrible thing happen to him. So I didn't want him to be uh, just a terrible, awful, cruel person. I also don't think that, you know, those characters are necessarily the most interesting. I think he should be a tragic figure. And often that's when bad things happen to good people. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think you did such a great job, even from the second we meet him. Um, I know that you sing and that you can play the piano and you have all these amazing talents. So I was not surprised that you were singing. I, I was actually super excited because I think it was one of the first times I'd seen it on on camera. But I love when you obviously run over to the table in your first interaction with Elizabeth, played by Natalie Portman, because nobody has really come up against her. She's kind of like demanding all of the scenes and you come in like, and I'm going to say, cause it's my podcast. We could curse on my podcast with zero fucks. You have zero fucks to give when you meet her. And I love it. So I wanted to know, and I read that you were very like, what's on the table. What can I grab? What can I like invade her space without invading being too invasive? So no. why was that initial meeting with your zero fucks to give <laughs> so important because that really sets a tone for yeah. relationship. I was trying to design for me, for Corey, like I had to be intentional about, about designing a performance where he's invasive and a bit uh, too much and really knocks her off center and makes her uncomfortable. But I don't think Georgie is doing that on purpose. I think he just, that's just like something instinctually he does. I think it's also, he feels really comfortable because it's his restaurant where he performs. So there's like, she's in his territory. Um, and also I think that there's, there's a strange behavior that can sometimes happen when people are around public figures. Uh, you know, you, you just, you see it. There's some very odd, strange human behavior. So it's like that stuff all mixed together and I just knew that I needed to I just needed to challenge her because when you read the script there there's not a ton of challenge from anyone except Gracie um and it and it needed to be a very different flavor but yeah she needed to be like uh disrupted a little bit I I loved it so much um and because you catch her so off guard and then and then we meet you and it's very adamant. Like, we're like, oh, okay, that's Georgie. Like, you know, you get a full flavor of what he is right in the beginning. So I I just adore that scene. And I know people are probably asking you about it, but I just love that he was like, I don't care at all. I don't care. So yeah, now there's, also, there's like this language, you know, when, they, when they're talking about Georgie, when they first mention him at that dinner table uh, with Gracie, Elizabeth and Joe, you know, Gracie's talking about him and calling him sweet and sensitive and creative. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like that you you're telling the audience what to expect, you know, and it just needs to not be that at all. And it, cause it needs to exhibit that Gracie uh, has a way of rewriting history or altering facts to fit her narrative. Um, and so it was also important that, 
we really show that Gracie is at times, um, uh, at, at times are always sort of in denial. Yeah. And there's a major disconnect. And I think that also shows with your, I call it the Nirvana look, but, um, the, the Johnny Button was, uh, was a bit of, of inspo for us. Was he? Cause like, yeah. I feel like it was a very Nirvana look and it was very much, it made me happy and sad. If that makes sense. It made me very happy because I, I love that time period for me. I'm 36. So I, I loved all of that, but oh. then sad because he's kind of stuck in that time period because of everything that's happened. So was that fun for you to like come up with all the outfits and the inspiration? And then how does that add to the character? Because he is kind of mentally in a way stuck as a teenager. Yeah. He's, he's fully suspended as a teenager. One of the, one of the most fun things was working with April Napier, our costume designer. She uh, had this idea for all of the chokers and the bracelets, which really unlocked something for me because we were we tried on a ton of different costumes because we really had to calibrate the way he looked to be sort of like a little punk, but like Savannah punk, not New York punk, you know, like it's a small town. It's a small city, Savannah. And so it just needed to really fit in that world. And she just did this amazing job of finding me clothes that felt careless, uh, that felt like punk because they're careless, not punk because they're like artfully composed, you know? Uh, and so there were these like, these jeans that I wore in that first scene were like, these women's overalls that were chopped, the top was chopped off and we just put a, a belt around it that were just way too big. So they created this great like drapey baggy look that I felt like really loose in, you know, like I could stand there and my legs didn't touch the jeans at all. They just sort of like fell from my hips with these big clunky, like weird blue colored shoes and it was just, that was so helpful. I love costuming anyway, but it was really, really helpful. I designed the tattoos with the hair project. I really just felt like we did so much physically to, to make him look like a teenager and, and then also help me feel a bit reckless so that I could really just like dive into that scene and be unapologetic. Yeah. You did such a good job. I love you so much. Um, I think I have a couple minutes left. But um, I want to ask you, obviously, of course, everyone's probably going to ask you about the last scene in the film. Um, so I want, I do want to ask you about that last scene. Um, not necessarily this him bringing up, you know, did she tell you about the brother and all of that kind of stuff. But I wanted to ask you about the last scene in terms of you as an actor and you read that scene and you read how harsh it is and like what you're saying and what you're trying to kind of get out of it, like maybe a job or maybe to hurt your mom more. Um, what did you want Georgie's lasting impression to be? Because that is the last time we see him on screen. Yeah. I, I wanted him to, uh, I think his naivete really needed to come through there that he's um that he really is trying to get he feels like he's a little ingratiated with her there's something tragic about the idea that he opened up to her and talked about 
this experience he had. And so he feels connected to her, almost like they're friends, even though they're not friends at all. But the idea that like he could potentially feel really close to her and almost like a friend. And so be a little really comfortable with her at first and ask for this job, which is, it's so unreasonable. Um, it's so unreasonable. Uh, and there's something about a lack of social awareness that he has that makes him feel young and sad and naive. There are just things that feel tragic about that situation. Um, and then after everybody's been together, all the families with the kids and the dinners with the graduation, it's just him alone when she drives off with Joe and you just get this little glimpse of him by himself which is just what his life is he was abandoned at 13 and he is this sort of wrecked ruined adult who is stuck in that time lacks self-awareness and he's still alone and sort of abandoned and there's something really you know just sort of sad about who this person is but he doesn't know that yeah. Well, with my last minute, I wanted to ask you, you know, what is your um, biggest hope that people take away from watching this film in particular? Because it's so sad, but also there's a beauty to it. So um, what is your hope for fans to take away when they're walking out? And then also, how do you feel? Because, you know, when people make films and art, I know that's their focus, but the world is talking about this movie. So what does that also feel like to be like on this train of like, this could go all the way? Um, What do I want people to take from this? Wow. That's a big question. I, I mean, intellectually for me, it's a very, it's an interesting time to consider the role that we as consumers play in tabloids, in reality television, um, in celebrating or propping up people who do sometimes despicable things or voting with our eyes and our wallets on people who cause um, chaos in the world, you know, as public figures. I think there's something there to consider, you know, we're asked as an audience to sit and look at what happened uh, to these people who had this tabloid, uh, this, this tabloid exposure, and then an actress who's going to play her. I don't know what the answer is to all of this, you know, but like, we as humans are really interested in trauma and conflict it is it is the nature of life and existence conflict and resolution but uh i don't know what i want people to take from it but i hope that they that it really creates conversation around these ideas um and i think that is happening uh and then to your second point 
I'm just really thrilled that people are finding it and enjoying it. Um, and I had such a great time crafting my contribution to the film. And I'm really thrilled that people are responding to it. Well, we're definitely having conversations for sure. I think you are really accomplishing what you wanted with this film. Like I've had so many conversations about it and um, you are fantastic. Your character makes such a splash. It's like so hard to like not talk about your character. And I went into huge conversations with friends about it um, because of just what he's probably been through and people relate to it and it's just all over. And I want you to know fan wise, people have been messaging me and just love you in it and have related to you in various ways with it. So you just have touched a lot of people. So just because they don't all get to talk to you. So I just want to pass along that a lot of people just have really enjoyed watching you in it. And you've done such a fantastic job. And I, like I said in the beginning, I adore you. I love you. Congratulations. I'm so happy that this happened for you because I feel like it couldn't have happened to a nicer person. And so, you did such a great job in this film, in this role. So, so nice. thank you so much. I just adore you. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm like this. I'm like, like, I'm just like crossing my fingers. But I just, I just adore you so much. So just congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Well, have a great rest of the day. Thank you for taking time out to speak with me and um, just rocking this role. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to Corey Michael Smith talk about the film and his character and kind of the arc his character goes through from the time we meet him through to the end of the film. If you're interested in watching it, it's currently available now for streaming on Netflix. So head over to Netflix to check it out. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you're updated on all of our latest podcasts. And head over to our YouTube channel, hit subscribe, so you're updated on all of our video content.